Okay, folks. Um, I'm going to go back to, to looking at forgiveness as a Christian because even some of us are not listening, we don't understand, we are ignoring it or we don't give a monkeys. But it is highly essential that as Christians, part of the package is that we must know how to forgive. You know, and if you cannot forgive, then I gotta tell you, you got a big problem. A prayer for forgiveness is found in Second Chronicles 6, 24, 31. If you know for yourself that you can't forgive that person, pray and ask God to help you to forgive and even forget. God is all very well forgiving the person, but if you don't forget, it will only bring back the whole thing all over again and everything will fest and you'll be back at square one. Since an unforgiving spirit stems from an unregenerate heart we cannot claim to be children of God or Christians if we refuse to give others we must relate to others in the same way the Lord Jesus has related to us we are saved only because of the undeserved mercy of God therefore we must show mercy to others whether or not they seem to deserve it. Even if you don't like the person, you hate them. You know, they get on your very last nerves. Forgiveness must be there. Christians are to forgive unconditionally, even as God has forgiven us in that manner. Forgiveness should condition us to forgive others. Something is seriously and drastically wrong when we who have been forgiven cannot find it in our own hearts to forgive others. How far this is from both the teaching and example of Jesus. Look at what Jesus went under. Look what they did to him. They spit in his face. They abused him. They tell lies on him. They beat him near to death. And what does he do? He forgives. Father, forgive them. Can we say that? Can we do that? What a dreadful thought that one day those who cannot forgive will stand before God with the burden of unforgiveness hanging over their head. So I'm going to restress it here and again, time and time again, till you, you don't want to hear me no more, so you go elsewhere. Or you just take it in. I would say, in fact, if you want to be a better Christian, learn how to forgive. Not those personal grudges that you've been carrying for five, six years, seven, eight, nine months. Get rid of them. If you uh, seriously tell you the truth, right? If you've got a grudge against somebody, it's not that easy to get rid of. You sleep on it, you eat on it, you live daily on it, you know, it, it festers like a wound, like a scab. And I know the scripture says, lay aside every weight that so easily besets us. Trust me, forgiving person 
somebody what they said to you whether it's a family member a friend or a work colleague or somebody forgiving them is damn hard trust me it's not that easy considering what you say to me you think i'm gonna forgive you what you do to me you think i'm forgive you you know what it is quicker to get revenge than it is to forgive somebody yes it's hard it's as hard as hell it gives you it gives you um high blood pressure it gives you stress it gives you heart attack it gives you everything but until you get rid of that for unforgiving spirit it will send you to hell God is not going to take into heaven no Christian who can't forgive. Trust me. You'll be one of the first ones in the line to hell rather than heaven. If you want to get to heaven, you got to forgive. Yes, I know it's hard. What she said to you made you feel so bad. It made you feel so low, you know? What he did to you, how can you ever forgive him for he's done? Eh? You want to take that unforgiveness with you to the grave. But you know what? You got to forgive. And you got to forget. And you got to go to God and say, "Father, I want to get closer to you. I want to walk in the spirit. I want to be a part of you, Lord God. Please help me. Teach me how to forgive my neighbor. Teach me, Lord. Only you can help me to forgive. Then I can forgive before my heart. You can't forgive by yourself. You can't say, "Oh yeah, I forgive you." Yeah. It'll come back and it will haunt you even worse than the last time. So what you got to do is you got to take it to God. Say, Lord, there's a person here. They said something about me. They did something to me. I can't forget what they did. How can I forget? You know, I'm only human, Lord. I'm only human after all. You know, and trust me, if you take it to God, like God says, bring all your problems to me. If you take it to God, trust me. God will teach you to forgive. Now, the day you forgive that person, you will feel so light-headed. You will feel so light in your body. It will feel as if you could just take off and fly. You know, the forgiving hearts, especially from Matthew eighteen fifteen to thirty-five, we must begin to accept and follow Christ's teachings on the necessity of forgiving others. Once again, you don't forgive, God don't forgive you, you don't get into heaven. Simple as that. The golden text, Matthew 6:14. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Central truth is, as we forgive others, God will forgive us. Evangelism emphasis, God offers forgiveness of sins to all who believe in Jesus Christ. If you become a part of the body of Christ, then you must learn how to forgive and you must know how to forgive. Yes, there are some people around us, there are pain in the backside and sooner or later they do they do one. You forgive them. Two, you forgive them again. Three, you forgive them again. How many times do you forgive these people? Eh? People make mistakes in the family. All right, for instance, your partner commits adultery fornication how many times do you forgive them eh the one you love cheats on you in some way you forgive them they do it again you forgive them they do it again you forgive them 
How many times do you do it? If you are Christian, should you always forget about the time? If you're a sinner, how many times? Whether you are just or unjust, you have to ask yourself, how many times do I forgive this person? Now, here's the thing. We'll come across it. Let me just start at the beginning here. Let's look at Matthew 18 from 15, 22. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established and if he shall neglect to hear them tell it unto the church but if he neglect to hear the church let him be unto thee as an even man and a publican now here's the rub here's the thing that I think you need to listen to and read about it pray about it you want to forgive somebody you don't want to forgive somebody tell God first pray about it be honest with yourself be honest with God Lord I can't forgive this person because of what she's done to me I want to forgive her Lord God but what do I do Lord help me to learn how to forgive Lord then came Peter to him to Jesus after Jesus had given all this talk and all this spiel about forgive this forgive that Peter I don't know whether Peter was listening or not to what Jesus was saying. But he, he waits until Jesus has done the business and then he corners him and he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Just seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seventy. Now you see, those among us, I will come back to that later. Hold on, hold on, there, hold on. There. Some Christians, some of us as Christians, right? We have and will fail in our quests for happy Christian living. Not because we have lived hard, reckless lives, but because we have allowed bitterness and unforgiveness to block the flow of lives in the flow of joy in, their, in our lives you know there's this saying don't let nobody steal my joy but some of us as Christians we have no joy in the Holy Spirit or in whoever because that joy has been kicked to the curb in return for bitterness and unforgiveness I say here again if you don't forgive your brother or your sister don't even contemplate getting into heaven it is interesting that Jesus began his discourse on disputes among Christians by starting with his followers. He started at home because he knows all the disciples, they all have something against one another. He seems to be indicating that if they cannot learn to forgive one another, then they cannot expect to teach others to forgive. As Christians, we cannot teach forgiveness if we don't forgive. According to Jesus, the first step is to talk the situation over privately. 
he commands us not to hold secret grudges. Tell your fellow Christian just what has offended you. He or she may have a perfectly acceptable explanation for the, for the action, but you cannot know until you talk it over with them. Jesus' Jesus's advice is that we give one another the benefit of the doubt. The rules according to the Bible is you got a problem with somebody in church like we usually do and some of us do you got a problem take them to one side whatsapp them phone them whatever we've got any kind of technological equipment on hand to get them in private and talk over the situation yeah man to man woman to woman you heard me when you said this you heard me when you said that you know alright sometimes some people make jokes about something and they laugh at it they laugh it over but in fact what they're laughing at is killing us inside you know so take them to one side have a nice little chat with them be courteous be polite and get it off your chest in the nicest possible way however if the private conversation does not correct the situation what do you do you give them a slap you know cough them in the face what Christ does not allow the Christian to give up. The second step is to take one or two other Christian brethren and talk the problem over with the offending brother or sister. These these outsiders who don't know what, what is going on between the both of you may be able to be more objective and shed some light on the situation. By by doing this, you're at least displaying the willingness to see some other person's point of view. You know? Common sense. Finally, if these two steps fail to resolve the situation, if after you've brought your best friend, the pastor, whoever, and the person still doesn't get it through their thick skull, the third step is to take this is all biblical you know read the Bible this is all biblical in the book of Matthew 18 the third step is to take the problem before the church stipulating that their decision be final Christians must be careful not to allow animosity and hatred to take possession of their hearts in these matters because sometimes I'll tell you the truth right sometimes you can forget that you're a Christian you know and this is where the devil jumps in and you say you get it off your chest you vent your spleen you tell that person exactly what you think of them adding problems on top of problems you know so even then soft words turning for where right you have to be careful you have to go gently gently with how you talk to people because the slightest word the slightest sentence can cause sin. Now here's the rub, right? Here's Mr. Peter himself. We're looking at unlimited forgiveness. Then, then came Mr. Peter to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Looks to me like Peter already had an answer what he expect Jesus to 
agree with him and say, yeah, Peter, seven times and then that's it. It has been suggested that Peter had not been listening to Jesus on church discipline because he was preoccupied with a specific offense against himself, probably. No doubt Peter was capable of being critical of himself. He was hit hard by Christ's command of forgiveness. That's why he went back to Jesus. Jesus' sermon prick him to the point where he had to do something about it. At least he followed the first rule, which was to go in private to the person and talk about it. Lord, how long shall I keep this up? He anxiously required. Until seven times? Peter probably thought this was sufficient since if the the fact the, the scribes and the rabbis required only a thrice repeated forgiveness basing their rule on Job 33:29. All you have to do is offend me three times and then after that I ain't gonna turn no more cheeks because I got no more cheeks to turn. You know? I got two cheeks on my face and I got two button cheeks. Yeah, I ain't going to turn no more. Peter probably expected to be praised for his seven times forgiveness. Seven symbolized perfection and completion. Yeah? Clever Peter. I saw he thought. But Peter was wrong. His question revealed how far he was from possessing a truly forgiving spirit. By thinking it possible to keep a record like some of us do. We keep records all the time, which makes our lives even more, even worse than it is. The number of times offended and the number of times forgiven, he showed that he did not understand at all the meaning of forgiveness. So Jesus effectively wasted all that time preaching about forgiveness. And one of his own men, he sat there with a grudge in his heart, not prepared to forgive. You know, well, he was prepared to give by the law of Moses, but not by what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. There is a disagreement over this translation. An alternate manuscript reads until 70 times and 7. But whether Jesus said 490 times or 77 times, that is not the issue. He plainly meant indefinitely. No matter how many times sin is brought in front of you, you got to forgive. You know, only an unforgiving person would sit down there and think, Right, 15 times now I forgive you, 16 times I forgive you, that is sin as well, if you look at it. Whether Jesus said 490 times or 77 times or 99 times or 66 times or 300 times, he plainly meant forgiveness must be indefinite. Hear this, only a calculating person would keep score. Only somebody who has got sin in their heart will be foolish enough to sit there, stand there, whatever and keep score of how many times. Forgiveness is not a matter of arithmetic 
our bookkeeping. Forgiveness is a matter of love, and love has no min- no limits. The teachings of Jesus make it clear, crystal clear, if you're reading your Bible properly, that we must look to God for the power to forgive. When he said to his disciples, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, he added that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and send the friend on the just and the unjust. Now, let's look at this further. If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Jesus is making it crystal clear there. You know? Even if you can't read properly, you must understand what God is trying to say here, sir. You know? If you forgive your brother and your sister, if you forgive whoever, God will forgive you. Forgiveness is somehow interwoven into the fabric of the heart. An attitude that makes us forgiving, being reconciled to other men and women, even as we are reconciled to God. He who is forgiven must be forgiving towards others. There must be times when we are wronged so much that to have a forgiving heart seems impossible. Yes, in such times it is a Christian discipline to intentionally begin to forgive. Sometimes he actually might do something to you and you say, you say to them, I will never forgive you for that. Yes, it's possible. They do it in soaps, they do it in EastEnders, they do it in Carnation Street, and they do it in reality as well. They tell you that they'll never forgive you. You're not to my dying day, I'll never forgive you. But if you're a Christian, it is a dis- Christian discipline that is part and parcel of the way you live. You know? So you can't say, I will never ever forgive you. Because one day you will have to forgive whether you like it or not. Jesus cautions us in his explanation of the Lord's Prayer that we must institute a self-talk of forgiveness lest we, through an ungodly attitude, block God's forgiveness for us. See what I just said? You don't forgive, God doesn't forgive, you know? So what we have here is what? Like some kind of tit for tat thing? God is making it crystal clear. Listen, you don't forgive them, no matter how it takes. I ain't going to forgive you, no matter how it takes. And furthermore, since you can't forgive, no heaven for you. It is the nature of God to love enough to be first in granting us forgiveness. God loves us so much. He's prepared to forgive us. Regardless of how evil we are, no matter what we say or do, God will forgive us because he loves us with an agape love. As we walk with him, let us extend to others the olive branch of peace. 
having a heart so bathed in God's love and so disciplined by that love that we easily forgive. When you are walking in the spirit, when you are walking in the love of God, no matter what people do to you, you will forgive. And even when somebody does something to you, you will talk to them about it, but you will talk to them in love, God's love. If you or me forgive men when they sin against you or us, our Heavenly Father will also forgive us unconditionally to to forgive is to release a wrong to let it go it is to forego revenge and not to claim our rights we need to become good forgetters when a small boy hailed his little playmate next door and picked up his cap to run out for the usual morning time get together. An older member of the family said teasingly, Wait, going to play with him again? I thought you quarreled only last night and were never going to play with him again. Yeah? Funny memory you have. The little boy looked a little abashed, dug his toe into the carpet and then flashed a satisfied smile as he hurried away saying I guess John and me are good forgetters now look at that if children can forgive so easily because when I'm looking at my son and I see him play with some of his friends somebody, somebody what they get out is brutal you know they say things to one another, they do things, they get into fights, we have to part them with this and that. The parents are ready to cut them off and say, alright, you never play with that child again. Cut them off, they're dead to you. The next day, they're talking and they're joking and they're, and they're friends again. And you're thinking to yourself, what? Uh? But regardless of what you think, children have the heart of an innocent forgiving attitude something happened something go wrong they forgive they forget you know it's only when they reach teenage ages well things change a bit you know but for the time being as Christians we must be like little children and when something happens we must forgive as God would forgive and if we don't forgive don't expect God to forgive us you know this is early bird Smith signing off Peace.